Welcome to Truths for Life with Pastor Teacher Chris Hall. Uh, So let's read Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Jesus said, you, and he's talking to his disciples now, that you is a collective pronoun. What that means is it's not a personal pronoun in the sense that it's directed toward one person. It's a a collective pronoun, which means it's collected to all Christians. You, you all Christians, are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all those who are in the house. Let your light. Now, verse 16 is an imperative, which means it's a command. Here's what Jesus says. I command you, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for our nation. We're grateful for those who have served our nation and those who have blessed our nation with their service. And we remember and honor today those who, who sacrificed themselves in the defense of our freedom and values in the defense, Father, of our nation. We honor them today. We pray for their families today. We know that there are many families, gold star families in our nation. We pray now that you will bless us as we look into your word. Guide us and direct us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now in these verses, Jesus is talking about the influence, the impact, the difference that Christians should make in the world for God and for good. It is God's intention for Christian people to be a godly influence. We're to be a godly influence in our homes, obviously. We're to be a godly influence in our families. We're to be a godly influence where everywhere we are and everywhere we go in this world. Christian people, it is God's will for us everywhere we go, everywhere we are, to be an influence for God and for good. And to illustrate that, To help us to understand that, here's what Jesus does. He takes two very common items, common then, common now, two very common items, salt and light. And he uses them to illustrate how Christians ought to have the impact and influence they ought to have for God and good in this world. So first of all, Jesus says that believers ought to be like salt. Now, let me tell you, in that day, salt was very valuable. Uh, Roman soldiers often were paid in salt. Have you ever heard the phrase that so-and-so is worth their salt? They're not worth their salt or they're worth their salt. It, It expresses the fact that salt was valuable. In fact, if you work, you get a salary. Well, the word salary comes from the ancient word for salt. And so salt, though it, you know, kind of a common thing, and, and sometimes we overlook it, but salt is very valuable. It was valuable then, and for those of us who like a little salt on our, our scrambled eggs, it's valuable now, right? Now, there are several qualities about salt 
that explain how Christians ought to be like salt in this world. There's several things that salt does, important things, that kind of illustrate how Christians ought to, to have the influence that God wants us to have in this world. First of all, salt preserves. Salt is a preservative. It helps to keep perishable food from going bad and decaying. So you can say that salt restrains corruption. So in the days before refrigeration, salt was used to preserve meat. You can go to certain parts of the country now and get some salted ham, you know, and salted meat. And so one of the things that salt does is it preserves, it fights corruption, it restrains corruption. Now, how does that illustrate the difference we're to make as Christians in this world? Well, the world we're living in is perishing. The world we're living in right now is growing more and more rotten and corrupt morally each and every day. I like to watch, you know, Andy Griffith. I mean, who in America doesn't like to watch the Andy Griffith show? You know, black and white TV, who cares? But you think about that television show that was made then, the values that were portrayed and just the way life was portrayed then, fast forward to our today, day to day, to some of these television shows you see on television now. You see, entertainment is a reflection of the soul of a people. What entertains us is a reflection of our values. And so just using that little sliver that you can use to try to get a picture of the soul of America, you can look at that then and compare it to this now, and it's just an illustration of how far down we have gone as a society morally. What entertains us now, as opposed to what entertained us then, is just a picture of the moral corruption that is present and prevalent and growing in our nation and in our society. And so what are Christian people to do? Well, as salt prevents corruption and decay, Christians are to be an influence in our society to fight against greater moral corruption and decay. And so how do we do this? How, how are we as Christians to be salt in our society? How are we to stand up for moral purity, biblical values, those things that are good and protective for people, individuals, and for families, and for our society and culture? How are we to do that? Well, first of all, we are to do that by just the mere influence of our godly lives. We're to live godly lives. As opposed to what's going on around us, there's to be something different about Christians different about our language, different about our lifestyle, different about our choices, different about how we live, different about how we interact with people. We are to be godly people. Now, we're not going to be perfect people. We'll never reach perfection in this world, but it's more so about the direction of your life than the perfection of your life. And it's more so about how, you're, how the, the consistency of your life. So we are to consistently live godly lives. And just by living a godly life in an ungodly world, 
means that we will be an influence for God and for good in this nation. We're to be sought by doing good works in the name of the Lord and say, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, doing good things, productive things, meeting the needs of other people, serving other people, just doing good things, living a good life, doing good works, good things done in the name of Jesus Christ. We're also to be sought in our community and sought in our world by our prayers, praying for our nation and praying for revival. The greatest need America has today is revival. I want to tell you something. The greatest threat against America today is not some foreign power. The greatest threat against America today is God. Because God is going to judge this nation for turning this, our nation, turning our back on the God who has made this nation possible, who has preserved and blessed this nation throughout our history. Our greatest enemy is God himself. We need revival. We need renewal. We need a spiritual awakening in our nation. Christian people are to work toward that and pray for that. And make a supplication to God for that. We're sought by standing up for what is right and good and holy. In our culture today, you'll get canceled you know, if you stand up for what is good and godly and holy, people will come after you and they'll, you know, they'll attack you and do all that kind of thing. But listen, as Christian people, we, we're going to have to man up and woman up. And we're going to have to stand for what is right, good, and holy. And we do it in a good way and a godly way. Abortion is wrong. Now, I have a great heart for those who have gone through abortion. And I know I've dealt with people who've gone through abortion and I've tried to help them and pray with them and they found redemption and forgiveness. God is good. But we still have to stand up to the fact that America is going to face the judgment of God because we have literally legalized taking the life of pre-born human beings before they see the light of day when they are the most vulnerable in their existence. God help America. And we need to stand for what is right and good and holy. And if you get canceled, just get canceled. Heaven won't cancel you. The world may, but heaven won't. We're sought by standing against that which is destructive, that which is evil. So sometimes you have to speak up. Been reading in some of the Old Testament prophets. Some of the, those Old Testament prophets, they were not afraid to speak up. And they put their lives on the line, and they were in danger. And so as Christian people, we're to be sought. We are to fight against the corruption, the moral corruption that is becoming worse day by day. The forsaking of biblical values and just moral values and just things that are right according to the Word of God. We're to stand up against those corroding and, and corrupting values and, and uh, things that are happening and stand for what is good and godly. Also salt flavors. Salt influences how things taste. Salt makes things taste better. You know, salt is used to flavor. Salt is used to season. And so just the presence and the influence of Christians in this world is to make this world a better place, a safer place, a happier place to live. 
And so we are, we are, to, we are to, as salt flavor, as Christian people, are to, the flavor of the world to make things better and safer and happier. Now, one of these days, there'll be no Christians in the world after the rapture. All Christians will be gone. <laughs> and this influence upon the world will be gone. And the restraining hand of the Holy Spirit will be withdrawn. And you don't want to be left behind. You want to be saved. You don't want to look for the undertaker. You want to look for the uppertaker, the coming of Jesus. But until then, we're to, we're to, we're to have a sense of flavoring. We're to influence the world. Just by how we live and, and by all the influence we can have upon the world to make it a better place and a safer place and a happier place to live. God help us. There are some cities now, some places and some cities now where you don't want to be there not only after dark, but during the day. I mean, what in the world is going on in America? What in the world is going on in America? I tell you, one of the things that's going on, it's the judgment of God upon this nation for turning our back on the God who has made our nation possible in many ways. You see, here's what God will do. God will give you the leaders that you deserve instead of allowing you to have the leaders you need. And the leadership we have now in America is the leadership we as a nation as a whole deserve, not the leadership we need. And so as salt flavors the world, we're to be an, an influence by doing positive and good works done in the name of Christ, by showing and sharing the love of Christ with the lost and dying world. Salt also creates thirst. As we live for the Lord, some people are going to see the hope we have. And some people are going to see the joy we have. And some people are going to see the strength we have. And they're going to see the different kind of life that we live. And it will make them thirsty to know and follow the Christ that we know. So salt creates thirst. And as we live the Christian life, some people, some people are going to notice. They're going to look. They're going to say something's different. You live a different kind of life. I want that kind of life. I want the peace you have. I want the joy you have. I want the hope you have. I want the power you have. I want the strength you have. I want to live that kind of life. I'm tired of living the life I'm living. I want a different kind of life. And so as salt creates thirst, as we live for the Lord in this world, some people will see our lives and they will want to have that kind of life. And we can tell them when they come to us, why are you different? We can tell them it's all because of Jesus. <laughs> It's all because of Jesus. Salt also is a healing agent. As Christians minister to those in the world who are hurting and broken, we will help them to find healing and grace through the Lord Jesus Christ. My word, we live in a world of broken people. We live in a world of people who've been beat up. We live in a world of people who have been broken over their own, by their own sin. We live in a world of broken people. And as Christian people, as we minister to them in the name of Christ, as we show them grace, as we show them mercy, as we show them love, we will help them as we point them to Jesus to find healing and grace in the Lord Jesus Christ. Another quality of salt that Jesus may have been referring to is that salt burns and irritates. The, the influence of salt is not always pleasant. It's not always positive. 
Have you ever had one of those little ulcers in your mouth? And you're brave enough to take a little pinch of salt and put on it? You will sing opera, even though you've never been trained, all right? Salt has an irritating quality to it. You get a cut on your hand and somehow, way, you get a little salt on it and you'll know it. Well, here's what happens in the world. As we, as we live the Christian life, as we stand for Christian truth, as we stand for what is good and godly and holy, not everybody's going to appreciate it. Because as Christian people, we remind the lost world that they are accountable to a holy God for how they live. That's one reason why the lost world really doesn't like Christians. Because we are a walking reminder to them that there is a God and they are accountable to God. And one of these days, they're going to give an account to the God who made them for how they live the life that he gave them. And so we irritate people. Christians are an irritant. There are many people in the world today who would be just fine if all Christians would just disappear. Just go away. Because every time they want to do something, here comes those Christians standing against it. Everything they want to, to try to achieve in society, here comes those Christians who say, no, that's not good. That's not good for society. That's not godly. That's not holy. Every time they want to, that all the issues they have on their agenda that they want to accomplish, here comes you fundamental Bible-believing Christians. We just get in the way of all that they want to do. And there's so many people who wish there were no Christians like you and I in this world. Well, guess what? One of these days, they're going to get their wish. And every Christian will be raptured from this world. And you know what's going to happen? The world's going to go to hell in a handbasket. They're going to get what they want. For many in this world, Christians are aggravating and irritating nuisance. So Jesus says that we are to be salt in the world. We are to be an influence. Salt is an influencing agent. We're to be an influence for what is good and for what is godly. But Jesus warns us of this. He says, you're salt, but don't lose your saltiness. It is possible for salt to lose its saltiness. Now, that's a reference to the salt of that day. You know, the, the, back in that day, in, in the day of the Bible, they didn't have the refining processes that we have today where you can go to the store and buy a little box of Morton salt or something like that. And it's pretty well purified and it's good. They, they didn't have that. And so they, they would find areas and sources where they could find salt and they would do their best to try to somehow to harvest salt out of those areas. But it was, it was always prone to corruption. It was always prone to turning sour and turning bad. Jesus said, now I'm going to warn you as Christians, you can't lose your saltiness. Because if you lose your saltiness, then what good is salt that is not salty? What good is salt that doesn't, can't have an influence? Jesus said that kind of salt is only good to be thrown out and for people to trample on. Now, what is he saying? Here's what he's saying. You must keep your saltiness by keeping your Christian witness and your Christian testimony. The most valuable thing you have as a Christian 
in this world is your Christian witness and your Christian testimony. Jesus is saying, as Christians, we're to have an influence on the world. We are not to allow the world to have an influence on us. We're to have the influence on the world. We're not to allow the world to have an influence on us. We're to maintain our Christianity. We're to maintain our Christian witness. We're to maintain our Christian testimony. We're not to compromise with the world. We're not to give in to the moral standards of the world. We're not to give in to the moral values of the world. We are to live as Christians in this world. We're not to backslide. We're not to compromise. Because if you do that, you lose your Christian witness and testimony. If you compromise, if you accept the moral values of the world, if you allow the world to influence you on how you speak, how you live, your values, your standards, you lose your saltiness, and to the kingdom of God, you're worth nothing. He's talking about backsliding Christians who get all caught up in how the world lives and allows the world to influence you and to affect you. And so as Christian people, Jesus warns us, don't lose your saltiness. Don't lose your Christian witness. Don't lose your Christian testimony. I'm going to tell you, Satan is always trying to get you to compromise with the world we're living in. He's always trying to get you to live like the lost world instead of living as God would have you to live. It usually comes in increments and in little steps. Satan is always trying to influence us to not be the influence that God would have us to be in our world and our society. In Hosea chapter 7 verse 8, Hosea was preaching to the people of Israel. The people of Israel had adopted the ways of the ungodly people around them. They had begun to worship their gods and they had begun to do things that the ungodly people around them were doing. And Hosea said, he pointed his finger to the people of Israel and he said this, you are a cake not turned. Now what does that mean? That means it's a reference to a piece of bread that is burnt on one side and raw on the other. In other words, what he's saying is you're useless to God. You have so compromised with the world that you are worthless to God. You're no good to God. You have lost your testimony and your witness. Listen, my friend, don't do that. I don't care how much pressure the world puts on you to compromise and to do things as the world would have you to do and to live as the world would have you to live and do things that the world would have you to do. Don't do it. Keep your saltiness because you'll never make a difference for God if you don't keep your Christian witness and your Christian testimony. So Jesus warns us. You're the salt of the earth, but don't lose your Christian saltiness. Don't lose your Christian witness and testimony. Then Jesus said, we're to, we are the light of the world. See, salt is an agent of influence. Salt influences everything it comes in contact with. By the way, for salt to work, you have to salt it out of the shaker. <laughs> salt doesn't work as long as it sits in the shaker. You know? 
Some churches are just glorified salt shakers. The salt comes together. That's it, though. They make no difference in the world. For salt to work, it has to come in contact with that which it wants to influence. For us to make an in, uh, a difference for Jesus in the world, we have to live in the world. We have to be amongst the people of the world. But we're not to give up our Christian witness and testimony to the world. We're to live for the Lord. And you know, in some places of the world, that'll cost you a lot. It cost you your life. And in America, if you, you know, you can get attacked from being one of those old evangelical Bible-believing Christians. People like us are so hated by many people in the world. Well, if that's the way it is, that's the way it is. We're going to stand for the Lord. Amen. Amen. We're going to live our life for the Lord Jesus. And we're not going to compromise our values. We're not going to compromise the, the things that, that, that are good and godly. We're going to stand for the Lord as long as he lets us live in this world. Jesus said the second agent of influence is light. Jesus said... As you are salt, you're also to be light. Jesus compares us to light. Now, what are the values of light that Jesus may be referring to? Well, light reveals. You know, can't see anything, you turn the light on so you can see it. Christians are to reveal Jesus to others. By the testimony of our lives and the witness of our lips, as lights of this world, we are to reveal the Lord Jesus to others. Light drives away darkness. You know, you get in a dark room, first thing you want to do is turn on a light. Never have understood those detective shows where the policemen will come in and they never turn on the light. They walk around with a flashlight. And me and Miss Harris will be watching these shows and we'll say, well, you dummy, turn on the light. What are you doing? You know, you walk into a dark room, you turn on the light, especially if there's somebody there supposedly that might want to do you harm. Well, light drives away darkness. As Christians, we're to repel the darkness of evil and ignorance. And we do that by proclaiming the truth of God. Light gives hope. You know, in a dark night, when the lights are out, and it's dark as it can be, and the lights of electricity's gone out, that first light that comes on, you say, hallelujah. Light gives hope. We're to share the hope of God's love, the hope of God's saving gospel. We live in a hopeless, dark, and lost world. We're to give the world hope. Light also is used as a, a, to warn of danger. We're to warn the world of the spiritual danger of sin and of the judgment to come. You see, we, we live in a society and their favorite saying is, don't judge me. Don't judge me. And, and that's just a symptom of a bigger issue. They don't believe one day they're going to be judged by God. I want to tell you something. The God who made you and the God who loves you, one of these days you're going to stand before that God. And he's either going to be your judge or he's going to be your savior. And I'd whole lot rather stand before a judge who is my Savior and my Father than one who would be judging me for my evil. And so a light is used to warn of danger, you know, when there's danger around, people put on those flashing lights, you know, it warns that something's going on of spiritual danger. And, you know, we don't have a very popular job as Christian people. <laughs> 
We run, we're, we're going upstream when the world's going downstream. Our job is to live with Jesus in this world. And remember what the world did to Jesus? What the world did to Jesus, the world wants to do to us. But we are to live for Jesus in this world. Because you see, the life we have in this world is just that. That's it. Boom. It's short-lived as opposed to all of eternity. And, you know, Paul calls whatever we face in this world our light afflictions. And compared to what we have before us, what we have right now is nothing compared to the glory that God has prepared for us. Light also is, is a guide. You use light to guide. And we are to guide others out of darkness into the light of God's love. Now, as salt has to make contact to make a difference. You see, as Christian people, we're not to cloister ourselves in one little group and hide ourselves from the world. We come together to worship and to, to fellowship, and then we go into the world, but we go into the world to make a difference for Jesus. To make a difference in the world, we have to make contact with the world. Salt has to make contact to make a difference. Light has to make contact with darkness to make a difference. Jesus said, we're not to hide our Christianity. Put it under a bushel? No, right? The song, I'm gonna let my light shine. Jesus said, you don't light a lamp and you put it under a bushel. In other words, always remember this. You were saved to shine. You were saved to shine for the Lord Jesus Christ in this world. Don't hide your Christian witness. Don't be afraid or unashamed to identify yourselves as followers of Jesus Christ. Everywhere you go in this dark world, we're to let our light shine for Jesus at school, at work, wherever it might be. We're not to hide our witness and testimony. We're to let our little light shine. We're not to hide our Christianity because of the fear of persecution or rejection. We're not to hide our Christianity under the bushel of worldly living and sinful practices and unchristian attitudes and an ungodly spirit. We're to let our light shine, to glorify God and to honor him. And so Jesus said, look, you're my followers now. And here's what you're to do. You're to make a difference in this world for me. You're to let, you're to be like salt. Doing those things that salt do, does, you're to do that in this world for me. You're to be like light. As light permeates a dark world, you're to be light in this dark world. Don't, don't lose your saltiness and don't hide your Christian testimony. Some years ago, I heard Dr. D. James Kennedy a great pastor from Florida and the great evangelism work said he was training some guys in evangelism and he had, his his organization had paid for a lot of these preachers who couldn't afford you know to come to their conference they had paid all the expenses for for you know preachers who maybe didn't have the resources to come to the conference, to come to the conference. And one guy came from the backwoods of Florida. And I didn't know Florida had backwoods, but I guess they do. I, get, I thought they all had to swamps or whatever. But this guy, he was, he was, he was, by, you know, social standards, he might be considered uncouth. 
I guess, you know. But he loved Jesus. He loved Jesus. And so Dr. Kennedy took him and some other guys out to eat at this fancy smancy restaurant. He said, well, you know, these guys, you know, they're always eating at Burger King. I'm going to take them, you know, to a fancy smancy restaurant. <laughs> so he took them out. They ordered their food. Dr. Kennedy ordered the food for this guy. The guy looked at the menu and says, I don't know what all this stuff is. So Dr. Kennedy ordered, ordered the food for this guy. They brought the food. And Dr. Kennedy says, now, you know, let, let's return things. Let's say the blessing. And he called on this guy to say the blessing. Now, they're in the middle of a smancy, smancy restaurant, you know. So this guy says, thank you, Dr. Kennedy, I'll do that. He pulls his chair out, gets down on his knees, and then he announces to the restaurant, y'all need to hush, I'm fixing to pray. And he prayed for everybody in the restaurant that they might get saved and not go to hell. And he prayed for all of them. He prayed out loud. Dr. Kennedy says for just a smidgen of a second, just a smidgen of a second, he was embarrassed. And then he thought, this brother's letting his light shine. So let it shine. And he prayed for about 10 minutes and got through and got back up. And he looked over at Dr. Kennedy and he said, was that all right? And he said, that was the best prayer I ever heard in my life. <laughs> Listen, we need to let the world know we're followers of Jesus Christ. Let's don't lose our saltiness. Let's don't cover our witness. Let's let the world know. And if you pay a price, and many Christians throughout Christian history have paid the price for letting their light shine. If you pay a price for that, whatever it might be, big or small, you will be rewarded. God will bless. But in these days, in the America we're living in right now, we must not be intimidated by this world. We must live for Jesus and let the world know that we have followed Christ. Now today, you might be having this internal conversation with yourself. You might be saying, you know, I know I need to be saved. I know I need to give my life to Christ. I've been thinking about it. I've been wanting to do it. But, you know, I just never done it. Would today be a good day for me to walk this aisle and talk to that preacher and tell that preacher, I want to be saved. I want to give my life to Jesus. Today, I want my life to change. I want my life in this world, and I want my eternal destiny to change. And you might be saying in your heart, I wonder if that's a good thing for me to do today. Well, can I tell you, with all the love I have in my heart, it is absolutely the right thing for you to do today. Because your eternal destiny depends on it. How you live in this world and how you live in eternity depends on it. God so loved the world, God so loved you, that He gave His only begotten Son. Jesus came into this world, the Son of God. He lived a perfect life. And then He took upon Himself your sin and my sin and the sin of the world. And He took our judgment, the judgment we deserve, upon Himself. He died for us. He literally died for us. And He rose again. And the resurrection proves that he did die for us. And he will save anyone who calls upon him in repentance and faith and trust. And I would encourage you to give your life to Christ today. And I'm going to tell you something. When you leave, 
You will leave an eternally different person than when you came in. You can't change you. You are who you are. Only God can change you. And He will when you give your life to Christ. Thank you for joining us for our program today. Truths for Life with Pastor Teacher Chris Hall is a presentation of Hall Sports Communications. To contact us, you can send an email to chrishall71 at hotmail.com. That's chrishall71 at hotmail.com. Be sure to join us for our next program. Until then, stay safe and may God bless you.